Hello everyone and welcome back to another great super cool radio interview. I'm your host as always, Matthew Thomas. Thank you so much for tuning in. Before I start talking about my guests, just a quick reminder to thumbs up this video and make sure to subscribe and turn that notification bell. That way you don't miss any new interviews or episodes. I got an incredible guest who will be joining me momentarily. He is the lead vocalist and rhythm guitarist for Taproot, Steven Richards. This year, Taproot announced their first club shows in six years, starting on September 29th, and they're going to release a brand new album entitled Scissors on September 29th. In this interview, we talk about all things Taproot. We discuss so much, including the new album Scissors, the upcoming tour, and so much more. I hope you enjoy this interview, so let's dive in. Before we jump into the show, I want to tell you about our merch store on Threadless. Shop a wide variety of logos with multiple colors and sizes available for each design. Your support is greatly appreciated and helps us continue to make killer content like this episode. Please visit supercoolradio.threadless.com or the link in the description to shop now. I got a great guest joining me at this time. And I'm very excited to chat with him. This year, Taproot announced their first club shows in six years. Plus, they released a new album entitled Scissors on September 29th. Please welcome the lead vocalist and rhythm guitarist for Taproot, Stephen Richards. Hello, the crowd goes wild. <laughs> <laughs> but dude, thank you so much for hanging out with me. As, as I said before this interview, uh, Taproot's got a bunch of great stuff uh, going on right now. And I know we've got a ton of great things to discuss. Yeah, yeah, there's out of nowhere. I was just doing some stuff on my own for a couple of years, trying to get some old stuff done, and then boom, now we're playing shows left and right, and I don't know how we're doing this. It's going to be pretty pathetic. It's going to take a while to get our legs. So how, how are you training? How are you going to get the uh, the stamina and the, um, the muscle memory back? Working on the muscle memory currently, I have my baritone guitar. It sucks because on the new record, I tuned it. A different way than I used to tune it but when we're playing live I'm playing the old tunings so I think I'm gonna have to go back to the old turning that ah, tunings and relearn how I used to play it for the songs I'm playing live um, but as far as a group I think we're just trusting each other on you know practicing at home I, I'm working with Taylor a little bit our new guitarist just to make sure that you know he knows which parts are his and which parts are mine and then obviously listening to the music it's Hard to understand, but the way I wrote most of the guitar riffs, I'm a drummer first, and so a lot of my guitar riffs are hard for people to understand. Yeah, uh, it's 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 weird to say. Like I'm surprised that Mike could for the entire time, because some of the best guitarists I've ever met don't get my hammer on style with the heavy cording. It's weird. You know, I I, I got you. I know. Um, I just discussed a bunch of great stuff I was going to cover uh, throughout this interview, but the the biggest thing I did want to ask is. You know, because I've heard in other interviews and from a few other people that all this came together very quickly. So, like, when did things start falling into place for the upcoming tour and the album? Oh, God, I couldn't name a date. Um, 
Well, I've been working on this record for over six years on my own. I did the whole thing on my own. Um, I wrote the record to be Taproot's next record after the episodes, and this is over a decade ago. So I've been, you know, working the normal job, having a family. I've only been able to work four hours a week for like six years. Um, but the stuff kind of randomly came. Um, it was weird. Like a year ago, Phil texted me and asked if we wanted to play a show in May, and it was like January at the time. I didn't realize shows were being booked like over a year ahead now. Like for me, it was always three months, four months, maybe at the top. And so, you know, we kind of declined thinking, I don't think we'll be ready to go play a huge show in three months. And it turns out it was a year and three months. So then we got offered the Blue Ridge Rock Fest, which they finally announced the full lineup and the dates and the bands today. Um, so that's pretty exciting. We're getting to play on the Saturday, but Phil's the one that got the call on that. Phil's kind of the business guy, even when we're not doing anything currently. He's the guy that kind of stays on top of just the random income that it's not a lot. But um, So Phil's the business guy, so he got the offer for the Blue Ridge. And then with the record thing... Um, went to a guy that we've known for a long time um like i i was just gonna release this stuff on my own you know maybe to a couple thousand friends and fans that follow me on instagram and stuff um but phil knew the material i had the demos back when we were on tour of most of the songs and he loves most of the songs and you know he thought it wasn't really cool for me to just kind of wipe my butt and throw it out there on my own and um since it was written for Taproot. And so he was like, no, dude, like this has to be the next Taproot record. That's what it was written for. Even though I did everything on my own, he's the one that kind of got behind it. Um, and then uh, we have a guy that's kind of managing us named Tom, who we've known for years and years and years. Um, and he's the one that's been kind of, you know, doing the publicity and having people join the team. And he's the one that's kind of throwing every show that he can possibly find our way um you know but we're not going to be able to do like a two-month non-stop tour by any means but we're doing a weekend warrior thing for a good four months i think so kind of came about that way i mean we've been really busy the last couple months but up until then it was just kind of random shows here and there oh yeah for sure and i know uh you know tom hazard i actually had him on my show last season right uh re really cool dude and I know we had, we had a really great conversation. So I saw you, you know, obviously with THC with you guys. Yeah. Um, who like who reached out to who for that uh, to work with Tom? I'm not exactly sure. Well, it's weird because it all started like to me. It was just random. Phil hit me up saying like, "Hey, you know, Volatile is, wants to make prints of Taproot skateboards." I'm like, "Okay." sweet i guess if anyone wants to buy a taproot skateboard i don't know how many boarders or fans but then it turned into like old school merch and like shirts and just recreating the old stuff for you know because new metal seems to be the the theme of the year it seems like it's a huge comeback um so we kind of went with that so i i'd assume that tom probably reached out to phil because i've known we've known tom forever but i have a buddy who's been trying to get me to talk to Tom for years and years and years. Um, never happened, but then it came my way. So Phil and Tom were already talking. He approached, uh, Phil approached me with maybe working with Tom with the music stuff, which is cool, but I'm not sure if Tom reached out to Phil or Phil reached out to Tom. I'm guessing Tom reached out to Phil. <laughs> no, I, I was just curious. I know Tom is, he's, you know, 
many different uh, you know event, uh, um, endeavors he's on. I know obviously Biotel Skateboards. He's part of Pop Hockey as well. He's got a yeah. lot of great stuff that he's um, you know a, a part of. Yeah. Oh, for sure. Yeah. No, it's it's really cool because we've known him over the years as like the guy with dreads and a beard. <laughs> he's been around forever at every show at every concert we've ever played never got to know him personally that well like we'd hang out and stuff but now it's kind of cool getting to know him and like he, he's a hard worker and you know very helpful and he's just trying to help us out which is appreciated again like i said this was just going to be something really small and it's turning into something you know mediocre <laughs> <laughs> well, that, that sure hurts. I wouldn't say that, but uh. well, that's that's the thing is back when, yeah, uh, you know, like new metal, and then there was like deathcore and you know hardcore and all just the cores and stuff. And people would ask like, "What do you consider yourself?" And I was like, uh, "Like mediocre." <laughs> Honestly, I like that. I like that. That's funny. At least, yeah. fair enough. <laughs> But uh, another another thing, uh, you guys had another uh, release just very recently. I, I that um, some people are kind of glossing over, but I did want to talk about it. You guys released uh, "Best of the Besides." Mm -hmm. uh, that's more of like demos and um, you know things of that nature. So, uh, how was it like putting together that collection of demos? Uh, well, it was Jared did like an eight disc set just for people that just wanted to like hear stuff, you know, cause they haven't heard from us in a while. They knew I was doing a record, but it's taken forever. So Jerry just had the idea like, Hey, you know, here's our entire thing. I mean, we worked on like 60 songs just for blue sky research. And a lot of it are just like me playing demos in my basement and my mom's house and stuff. Um, so they're really bad, really bad almost humiliating, but I'm sure pretty cool for people to hear. Um, so Jared released that crap, maybe a year and a half, two years ago, something like that. And then Tom, when he got on board, he's just grabbing the bull by the horns and he's basically like taking, Hey, let's make this disc with two songs. And this one with seven, this one with five, he's going like crazy. But the best of the sides is, you know, songs that, should have been on records and or were recorded for records but didn't make the records and or like decent demos that you know i had done involving mike at some points um like from home and stuff and i think that's cool um as far as choosing i'm not sure but one of the songs i fought for is called angel and then i finally i finally got a copy of it two three days ago like i haven't heard it because it's mastered and like the stuff you can't imagine how bad it sounded before they mastered it but i'm surprised how good mastering can work not with having like the actual session open but just kind of boosting different levels to what you're hearing um and it's pretty cool so there was a song angel that i thought was like really important to have because the lyrics are dope and the chorus is just like allison chain's ripoff but really good lyrics but then I was listening the other night. I'm like, oh, you know, we did a live thing. We're doing live things on Tuesdays on Facebook, just a couple of us guys. And uh, that was like the intro. And I'm just sitting there like, oh, God, why did I pick the song <laughs> until the chorus comes on? It takes like two minutes to get there. But, um, you know, I think it was Tom picking out what he thought was the best. Um, and after having a mastered, it's really cool for me to hear because you know, to me, it's I remember playing those songs in my shit my mom's bedroom not my mom's bedroom that's creepy my mom's house in my bedroom that sounded really good to clarify yeah hey mom 
We're just gonna jam for a minute, beat it. <laughs> so, um, how do you know? Like, what is like the oldest um, demo that is on that album? Oh, I don't think it's on Best of Besides, but on the Besides, uh, we did a three-song demo, which is before we even had a drummer at the at the very beginning. Mike and I thought it would be really crazy to just have. Most people don't know that Taproot, I was the original drummer with, uh, it was like kind of a local, great, whatever you want to call it, like best of bands. Our singer um, was the singer of 20 Dead Flower Children, who did pretty well. Our bassist was a guy named Dan from Mad Hops, who did pretty well. And I was the drummer. They lived too far away to want to keep rehearsing and stuff, so I got forced into singing. I, uh, I'm a drummer at heart, and it sucks. I haven't got to play constantly decades and that's what i love and want to do um but so we did a three song demo um and i think they're all on besides one is called negative reinforcement one is clueless and one is low life um and back then mike and i thought it would be really cool it's not the most original idea but we knew we were like a heavy band and that's before you know Durst and Biscuit took our formula for having drum machine on the verses and the live drums kick in for the choruses. <sighs> but we thought it would be really cool to just have two or three of us rocking like crazy going nuts, but not having a live drummer. <laughs> just have it look weird, but still be like, yeah. But that didn't work out. I screwed up. I'm, I'm a dumbass. So on the very first show, I unplugged the drum machine thinking if I plugged it back in, it would, you know, kind of pick up where it left off. Now it just like stopped. But I've always been that way. I'm just a wanderer, and I like to have fun. I don't take it as serious as I should on stage. It's fun. Well, I mean, that's it's one of the main reasons someone should do something is because, you know, especially performing on stage should be fun. Now, you know, with, with that kind of stuff, at least it makes a good story uh, with everything. But... Um, but I I I, did, I can definitely understand that um, with everything. But are are you still having fun with the music uh, up until present day? Yeah, yeah. I mean, I've been sitting on the same new record for the last six years, playing the same thing. Like literally, I haven't got to listen to modern music. I don't listen to like radio or know what's going on with music because when I get in the car, I'm just listening. Like, what did I do to the last minute? And then it's like, oh, this sounds great. And then I go back in like, oh, what did I do again? Ugh. So I've been only judging my own material and then listening to a local funny comedy show and stuff. But I honestly love the material. It's I know it'll everyone, whether it's Gift, Welcome or Blue Sky, which are the only three records people know about. Um, you know, we've done three after that. Um there's songs that will appeal to everyone for sure. A couple songs that will appeal like, why didn't you play this song live? <laughs> like eh, to me, that's an album track. It means a lot. The lyrics are sweet and the riffs are kind of cool, but they're not as cool as like the main five. <laughs> but so I'm happy with that. I haven't written like a brand new thing since probably six years ago. I also, I lost feeling in my right arm had an accident protecting my baby's head so i had luckily i had the guitars done and i can play the bass with the two fingers i can feel so i got to wrap the record up 
fairly okay. There's a song that has an acoustic and guitar solos, and I was dropping picks left and right. So that is edited to holy crap. Actually, the solo was fine, but strumming the thicker acoustic strings, drop and pick, drop and pick. So that's edited like a mofo. So don't get me wrong. I'm, it's not completely natural the whole way through. <laughs> no, I got you. So uh, how... Um... So kind of moving forward with that, um, you know, with your with your arm injury, are you able to perform live or are you, you going to have uh, some, or are you going to be able to do that or are you just going to stick to uh, singing? I'm pretty sure I can do it. After this long, I still can't feel my ring finger and my pinky all the way up to my elbow, but my thumb and index and middle, I've learned that I can trust the strength. I, you know, it's kind of weird feeling, but of, you know, the last month or two when I've been picking up the guitars for the first while, like, uh, can I do this? I've, I've been able to do it. The tuning's more of my biggest concern. <laughs> yeah, I know, as, as you mentioned, with the you know, kind of the different tuning you have on the, you know, this album compared to the older tuning you have on that one. But I, I do hope you everything does work out. You get everything all situated and all that stuff, but... Um, so for you, how long has it been like for you to kind of, you know, build up like that trust that you, that you can play the guitar with those fingers? Quite a while. Um, excuse me. Sorry. Drinking, drinking early. <laughs> there we go. Um, I don't know. It's hard to explain. Like I've just been again, so involved in judging my mixes and trying to get it ready to master which I'm pretty close we mastered <laughs> Jesus Christ sorry or Allah or whatever you believe in um, I've been so involved in not playing of late so it's been like I literally just brought my guitars home maybe two months ago to start like playing and then it was a couple days ago that I started playing along with songs and I'm like wow, I'm actually better at remembering the guitar parts than I am the lyrics. <laughs> like, oh, crap. Because <laughs> we're, we're learning, like, 30 new songs. You know, like, if we're playing headline sets, we usually play 15, 16. So those are the most ones you want to know. Maybe rotate one or two in if people go, you know, two in a row. But we're with doing the machine shop in Detroit for the record release three days in a row it's like eh, we should probably learn like five or six more songs to rotate if people are going to all three you know so there's a lot going on and we're adding stuff that we've never played before just to be like whoa that's cool and i don't listen to those songs and remember lyrically <laughs> no, I, I know i got in i got you especially to you know have that that huge uh, you know you had a whole discography to really pick from especially with the songs that you may, may not have performed in a very long time or you know it does you kind of have to relearn your own song i've had you know other people tell me that as well if they haven't played a song in very very long time they actually have to like relearn their own song that they wrote and record record right. yeah it's true it's, well a lot of like it's weird a lot of the muscle memory comes back and I know all the lyrics, but I'll sing like part of the second verse on the first because it all rhymes. But then I'll, and then I'm like, wait a minute. Oh, God. All right. Because I remember everything. It's just scattered. So I don't know. But I'm doing okay. And shit, we have what? Six months to fucking do it? <laughs> yeah. You have plenty of time for right now. So we're good to go. Yeah. We'll be fine. <laughs> and before we start talking about the uh, upcoming tour, I did want to talk about because you already have mentioned him already, and that is Taylor Roberts uh, writing with Killers, who is your now 
full-time guitarist for Taproot. Mm-hmm. Uh, how is he selected to be the, the uh, guitarist for Taproot? Uh, he lives in Michigan. It's a joke. Well, he does, <laughs> but no, he, uh, he was in a band called Catharsis that used to open for us. Like when we were down in the South, like great band, obviously he's a great guitarist. And then he ended up like helping us as like a guitar tech for a while. So we've known him for a long time too. And, um, he did end up in Michigan. Phil's been in touch with him, you know, personally and stuff. And, uh, it was just kind of an easy go-to pick. Dave Lizio, uh, that used to be a non-point, has been the one playing shows with us, the random shows for the last couple of years that we've done for like anniversaries and just one-offs. Um, he was amazing, but you know he'd have to fly in and then have to learn all this stuff too, and we'd probably have to rehearse a lot more. Um, so I can work with uh, Taylor locally, you know, and just every once in a while. We still have a lot of time, like I said. Um, but he's obviously great and my favorite part is for the last longest time since jared's been gone i haven't had live harmonies and obviously i'm all about harmonies and three parts so i've been trying to like kind of go up and down and make it sound like different stuff's going on but taylor is a killer singer writing with killers is great and so at least i've got not just a great guitar player I've got harmonies coming your way too. So that makes me so happy. So he's the guy for sure. Well, I'm really glad he's a really great fit. I, I heard a friend told me about writing with killers about probably about a year ago. Mm-hmm. And I was checking them out. I was like, Oh, this is a really cool band. And then I saw these part of you guys. I'm like, Oh, that's awesome. Really happy for him. Real great dude. Mm-hmm. And, uh, you know, a killer musician as well. Yeah, no, he's, he's awesome. He's really cool. Like two, three, no, it was like a week ago was the first time um we were doing you know like signing all the cds that need to be shipped out and stuff so phil was coming to town a just to do that brought his bass and then we were like well taylor you want to come to this and that's when we started actually talking about stuff and it was the first time i've seen him in a while we've talked you know like through instagram or whatever um but it was the first time to hang out and actually just like kind of play and talk and here's what we're thinking and all that so that was really cool and that just happened you know for the first time a while ago but he and i are going to get together you know sporadically over the next five years before our first show <laughs> <laughs> well, i'm glad as, as i say uh, very happy is a great fit for the band and you guys getting well you know getting along very well and you have well five to six months or five years you know time, right. time is irrelevant to, to some degree anyway so yeah, yeah you know uh, speed varies uh, depends on how fast you're going exactly exactly now i did want to talk about since you know, we've mentioned the upcoming tour uh so before we start talking about that um you, the first three shows are at the machine shop they sold out very quick i know it was originally supposed to be like one or two and then those sold out so they had a third did you expect that kind of crowd response um for uh when you guys announced this tour not to be conceded whatsoever because that's not me but that's our go-to home spot um so it didn't surprise me the last couple times we've done shows you know randomly people just want to catch it so we've got people coming from all over the world and we would have sold the first two out just being the local band like not like oh whoopity-doo but the third one was added and sold out um 
I'm kind of surprised the third one sold out. It took a while. The first two went like that. Um, but the third one, even if we didn't sell out, it's all about playing for our friends and fans anyway. Um, it turned out to be sold out, but that doesn't matter to me. Um, the thing that matters to me is that it is kind of the CD release party on the first night, which also happens to be on my wife's birthday. So that could be good or bad. <sighs> I'm hoping good for you. I'm hoping good. <laughs> me too. It's just going to, you know, there's going to be a lot of, a lot of fans that we want to spend time with who we already know, um, even the ones coming from Europe and California and, you know, from all over the place, we, we stay in touch with a lot of our fans because that's, I don't have many friends. So getting to talk to people that support me and understand whatever the hell I'm whining about in my songs that they relate to, that's kind of cool to have a connection because you know, I don't, I don't write stories. I just bitch and moan about my life and people understand that. So I think that's pretty cool. So I'll have three days of that. Yeah, no, for sure. And have that connection with that audience, especially, you know, it's always very important as, as you already touched on, uh, but to have them have people, you know, flying out from, you know, you know, other countries in California, which, you know, farther away, uh, far, far away as well. So I'm, I'm glad, and you know, again, three sold out shows in the machine shop. Uh, you know, hope hope you have a really great time, and hopefully, uh, everything works out with your wife's birthday as well. <laughs> we'll have more fun at the show part. <laughs> sure. yeah. I don't know what's gonna happen. <laughs> so, for for you, because I already know you, you kind of touched on the set list of it. You know, you're gonna be throwing in some, you know, older songs, some songs you guys haven't played in a while. But for you, uh, do you have a favorite song to perform live? I mean, it's pretty stupid to say, but obviously when we close with Poem, like the biggest hit, that's not necessarily my favorite one because it's that song, but the interaction and the craziness is awesome. So I enjoy it. Um, there's a song that we don't play much that we are going to be playing at least one, maybe two of the shows called uh, Lost in the Woods. Um, it's a harder one to play because I hate singing, playing guitar at the same time. And it's one of the ones where it's actually cool. It's one of the songs that Billy Corgan wrote the guitar lick for. We changed it, but he's the one that inspired the riff. He actually wrote most of the basic guitar riff for us. Like he thought about it and was like, you know, this is what I think you guys should play. Because we did, you know, like five or six songs, five with uh, Billy Corgan, who obviously that's an amazing thing to put on our resume to have worked with him. Um, so that song's really special to me. The lyrics are about one of the numerous times my mom was in the hospital. Uh, so the lyrics are very personal, but a lot of people relate to them. We don't play it much live, so I look forward to doing it. Because when we do, you know, we have fans that really enjoy it. It's just not one of those, you know, go-to songs, you know, like we have other, like Smile and, you know, heavier songs that we usually do. So it's going to it's gonna be different for these shows. It's going to be cool. Uh, it definitely sounds like, especially with that song with the, obviously the, the lyric meaning, but also the um, having Billy Corgan, uh, you know, write you know the basic part of it as well. It sounds be really cool. It sounds like I know you guys are going very very much through a set list, adding a lot of different um, uh, songs from you know past years plus the new music you guys have. Which um, I kind of went a little out of order this interview. I do want to talk about the new album. You, dude, I'm just rambling on with the longest answers ever, so I apologize. 
Hey, no, you're doing. Hey, you're fine. No, no worries. I, so I, I was gonna talk about the new album first. So we kind of went, you know, a, a lot of different ways. But we talked about a lot of great stuff for Taproot. So I do want to talk about the new album, Scissors, which drops on September 29th. Uh, I heard that you you wrote and recorded this entire album. Is that correct? Yes. Yeah. Um, most of them were demos that I did, like you know, over a decade ago, to be the next record after we were touring on the episodes. Um, and that's one of the things that people don't realize when I kind of get unknown value for doing a lot of the material. Like I've been, we released Our Long Road Home in 2007 and the episodes was written before that. So literally for the most part, I've been the main and pretty much only contributor since 2007. And people don't know that. And people don't know that I write most of the guitar riffs that they like. And there's a reason that come the second record, which was very different than the first, very, you know, metal and guitar heavy. There is a reason I got stuck playing guitar and singing live because I needed to bring something to the table that kind of filled out the sound. And I've been playing guitar and singing live ever since. <laughs> so I, I got no, um, were you able to play drums on this album? Here's the BS part. I've been drumming since I was four. So everything you hear on drums is something I played on the demos, but only with like four microphones. You know, I didn't have like a big, huge setup. It was in my basement where we rehearsed and stuff. So, <clears throat> sorry. I do know how to play the parts and I have before. I even posted something, I reposted something just so people would kind of see me playing a song. I actually ended up playing five bars of the song perfectly on time without a click or the track. Like it was just me, muscle memory, and knowing the song for so long, but it's me drumming uh, just to show people like, oh yeah, he can play drums. And I've played drums a lot. I've played drums for other bands, you know, just guest drummed on their, you know, like Reveille, Pulse Ultra, you know, I've sat down and played drums with the other bands. Um, but the note and answer to your question, which is actually kind of a good thing, I programmed the drums. I flew in my demo drums and then just looked at what was being played and then it's totally just addicted drums. So that is BS. It's not me playing drums the entire record, but it is based off the beats that I wrote and played. And the reason I enjoyed that, I've spent six years just doing these. I can't imagine if I tried to do live drums, take after take, you know, run to one room and then back to space bar and then back to the other room. Oh, I fucked up back to the space bar. That wouldn't have worked. Um, but the best part to me is it's like consistent. Like it's the same level. It's the same tone. You can alter it if you want to, but it's kind of like you get, I got it how I like it to sound. And then obviously I'm not going to nail everything hundred percent. I mean, I slid a couple things off so it sounds real, but you know, it's pretty right on that would have been very difficult. So I can drum. I've drummed since I was four years old. I was the original drummer of Taproot when we first started, but it's bullshit if I said I played drums on this record. The demos, yes, but no, the record's programmed. So I'll give you that honesty. 
Well, I, I appreciate it. I, I was just curious. I know we were, we were talking about drumming at the uh, at the beginning of this interview, but I appreciate the honesty. But it makes you know ma- it makes the most sense, and it was based off you weren't just like programming the program. You're based off what you originally did in the demos as well. Oh yeah, yeah. And I know a lot of the stuff I enjoy listening to when I occasionally listen to modern music nowadays. I know for a fact that's oh, yeah. programmed, and then the drummers learn it, I guess. But that. Because it sounds good and it's on time. I would never hit stuff on time. I haven't played consistent drums in so long. I used to be so good. Now, you know, I can play the same stuff, but I wouldn't be able to do it like one take by any means. No, yeah, for, for sure. I got, I, I got you. I was just curious, and that's why I asked. But I, I do want to, I, mean, I am curious. I've heard, you know, you released uh, VIP recently. Mm-hmm. Uh, and um, so, kind of, what is kind of, um, what can people expect? From the album like musically and lyrically is vip kind of a good indication of that or is there going to be thrown in some other things as well vip was literally intentionally written to be we always used to open with a song called smile from our first record gift because it's got our normal taproot swing rhythm lots of screaming people are just going to start moshing right off the bat. But we're so old nowadays and our fans like i don't know if they're just going to stand there with their phones which they probably will and then i'm just going to be like what do I do? I used to go out and mosh. But um, VIP was intended to be the new live opener. So if enough people seem to know the song, that's what we're going to open with most of the time, not every time. But I wrote that to be the opening of the record. It is not representative of the entire record at all. I only did low tuning on two of 10 songs, like the baritone that I tell you I might have to relearn different old riffs on. Um, Only two of them are baritone. So those were intentional, heavy songs. Um, But the main single that I think can be a little bit more mainstream is more kind of like poem, where I think people will literally understand the lyrics and there's not one person that can say that they've sang along with a song at one point and didn't know all the lyrics and that's what a song that i wrote called favorite song is about singing along with your favorite song but not quite knowing all the lyrics and kind of bsing your way through it so that's what that song's about and i think people it's it is a good song and we do have a guest on that we have uh elias from nonpoint is a guest on the middle of that song so i think that one will stand out too but there's like i said there's an acoustic song we we have a, a local really good country artist named audrey uh audrey ray that tim that used to produce us who was the guy nice enough to let me use the loft studio for the last six years i did a dumbass. i hate the fact that I did it but i did a fundraiser to at least help you know kind of thank him for six years of electricity and computer time um but audrey ray is on one of the songs it's not a country song but that's the song that i played acoustic and i actually did two solos so it's probably the first record by taproot you hear solos on i am not a shredder it's an acoustic song but i did my best to emulate cc deville from poison (laughs) because he can get away with being you know a solo guy but he's not like you know modern day shredders 
I got you. It sounds like it's gonna be very diverse with the um with the upcoming album. We got a lot of different things. Um, so I definitely look forward to listening to the whole thing when it's available on September 29th. I mean, I, I dug VIP. I like the style of that, and I, I definitely look forward to listening to the whole the whole album as well. I still want to. I think I want to remaster that. I'm not totally happy with it. But one thing that I didn't say was this record is so old that when I wrote it. Obviously, my voice is just going to sound annoying as fuck anyway. I still write riffs the same way, which is cool for our fans. But sitting down when I wrote the record, I literally was like, Tool's not doing anything. Let me try to write a Tool song. It's going to sound like me either way, but something that sounds like Tool. System of a Down, Slipknot, Deftones. Go through the whole gamut because no one was doing anything at that time they were all done since then they've all done shit <laughs> so <laughs> this is just going to be new tapper like i was trying to like huh maybe i can write some stuff to appeal to their fans that haven't heard anything in a while and then since then they've done stuff so <laughs> so it's yeah, there's new tapper <laughs> yeah they've all gotten back together and done tours but at least you know, it is Taproot music. It's new Taproot music. Now, I was curious, you did talk about, like, when you started working on this album, what was, like, the newest, you know, like, note or track or song that was included on Scissors? VIP, dude, the one I'm t dude, the acoustic one that I talk about with solos and acoustic and the country artists, I actually wrote that song in, like, 2006 or seven with the uh, X the lyrics are great. The lyrics are so good that almost two decades or whatever, 12, 15 years ago, I actually trademarked the lyrics because it's like literally Hallmark claims that they don't take submissions for cards, but I guarantee it would be a huge, like the lyrics are really deep and pretty quick. It's not like you have to think about it, but I'm going to leave that be until people get to hear it. Um, so that one's that old, but the newest ones I wrote, VIP was one of them. Um, and then I wrote a song called Ma, and that was after my mom passed away. So that one's really important. It's pretty different. It's really cool. Um, but those are the two newest because like I said, probably seven of the 10, I'd already written the guys that heard on demos and stuff. So probably only two or three have been written since, you know, in the last six years, but VIP is one of the last ones. Cause I was like, we need an opener or I needed an opener for the record. I didn't think we'd be playing the stuff live. Um, but so that's like my go-to opener type of style and swing beat, some screaming, some melody, but the guitar riff has to be cool and slam me in the face. So I like that. And then my mom's song after she died, that was, you know, really important and different too. And that's a really cool song that people, even if you have surviving family members, will be like, wow, that's, that's fucking sweet or strong. Oh yeah, for sure. Definitely. I know people will definitely connect with that, you know, for a, a, very, a few different reasons for that as well. But mm -hmm. Steven, I really appreciate you hanging out here uh, on Super Cool Radio. We kept you a little bit longer, but I really appreciate chatting with you. And I know, um, you know, best of luck with you. you have the tour coming up. You have the new album come up. Uh, so, like, what's kind of the plans after this tour and album for Taproot? Do you guys plan on doing uh, more after this, or what? What are you kind of thinking? 
I think that's to be determined. We'll have to figure out. I mean, we're just doing the weekend warrior stuff right now. We're not going to be able to do the two month, three month tour, you know, six nights a week. Um, just with, you know, we all have kids and families now and, um, a lot of bands can do that, but you know, we got to keep our jobs to stay afloat. So, um, the whole reason that the whole thing is called scissors was because I'm literally, if you look at your screen, <laughs> I wrote that name, uh, just because it's a dumbass play on words, but my initials are SSR and my last name ends with an S and I always go by hockey nicknames. Hockey players always had nicknames and that was scissors. So I named it that way for my future endeavors, whatever I do. Um, so it might be a Taproot record next again that I write to be, or if I just do one-off songs and, you know, want to do new stuff every once in a while, then I'll release it as Scissors, not as Taproot, because this record was written for Taproot, but as of now, anything I write will just be, you know, from me for whoever. Oh, very, very cool. I definitely look forward to seeing kind of, you know, whenever you, do, you decide to release music or do, you know, do anything, I definitely look forward to seeing that as well. But Stephen Richards, thank you so much for stopping by Super Cool Radio. I had a really great time chatting with you. I'll leave some links for uh, Taproot in the description of this podcast. New album, Scissors, will be out on September 29th. For Stephen Richards of Taproot, I'm your host as always, Matthew Thomas. Thank you so much for watching and listening to Super Cool Radio. And remember, stay frosty. Frosty, nice. Sorry for the long answers. <laughs>